With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Simon Hill joins us, the voice of the World Game, host of the Global Game tonight from 9pm across the SEN network. We missed him last week, but he's back this week. Simon, great to have you back on. How are you, Dwayne? You all right? I'm okay now that you're back on and perfectly timed because everyone's talking Ange Postacoglu right now. Yeah, well, he keeps delivering, doesn't he? He's uh, won another trophy, Scottish League Cup, second year in a row. Uh, Obviously, they won the Scottish Premier League last season as well. Um, And obviously, every time he wins a trophy, you know, the the speculation ratchets up about that, you know, he's going to move to the English Premier League. I see he's hosed down those... uh, those discussions again in the last uh, couple of days. But, uh, you know, he'll know that at some point uh, he's going to make that move and I, I don't think there'll be any shortage of interest in him. So when you say that, there could be another couple of teams looking for new managers. How's Chelsea going, by the way? Are they they're the latest to be on the ropes a little here? Yeah, look, they lost to Spurs at the weekend. Um, Graham Potter is, is having a nightmare start and he's spent an awful lot of money as well. Uh, Todd Bowley, the new owner of uh, Chelsea, who succeeded Roman Abramovich, of course, has backed him with a lot of money. Um, I, I, look, I think they'll give him a little bit of time. They have to, really. But obviously, the, the unknown factor in all of this is uh, how the fans respond to this uh, continued poor form. And they're not happy. Uh, there was rumours of some death threats being issued to him and his family last week, which obviously is beyond the pale. But... Uh, yeah, it, I mean, Roman Abramovich had a very itchy trigger finger. He got rid of uh, coaches and changed them as often as he changed his underpants. But uh, huh. I'm not sure Todd Bowley will do the same just yet. But if he, if he was to do that, then, you know, that might be a job that Ange would be interested in. I, I don't know. I don't pretend to speak for him. But, you know, I think at some point he's got ambitions of coaching or managing in the Premier League. Maybe he's waiting for Jurgen Klopp to leave Liverpool because I know he was a big... Uh, Boyhood Liverpool fan. That that would be a job. I think that would be just too big for him to turn down. How are they going, Liverpool? Draw with Crystal Palace. So there's a lot of unhappy supporters, Liverpool supporters out there as well. And their loss to Real Madrid in the Champions League was uh, one to behold. Yeah, look, they've they've had a very ordinary season. um, And it's it's baffling, to be honest, I think, to most onlookers because they've still got a very good squad. But they just haven't quite been there this season. And, and whether that's because they went so close last year to winning that unprecedented uh, quadruple, and of course they, they fell tr- two trophies short in the end, uh, maybe there's been a bit of a you know, mental hangover because of that. Um, there was the World Cup in the middle, which of course has affected everybody, not just Liverpool. But they just don't seem to be the same team this season. And um, you know, Klopp, I'm sure, will be given time to, to sort that out if he wants it. Um, but he's, he, I think he's got a big job to do in the off-season. He's, he's going to have to you know, revamp his squad, I think, to a, to a large degree, particularly in, in the midfield area. And, and the latest result, as you pointed out, nil-nil against Crystal Palace. I mean, it leaves them uh, almost in mid-table, really. They're still you know, a fair way off the top four. They could still make it and, and qualify for the Champions League. Doesn't look like they're going to go any further in this year's competition. 
Uh, I can't see them turning around a 5-2 deficit in the second leg at the Bernabeu. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a long off-season, I think, for Liverpool with uh, a lot of soul-searching with regards to how they rebuild the squad and, and become competitive again. Always great to have you on, Simon. We could talk for another hour about Man City and Arsenal and that battle at the top, but I get the same text every time you're on, and that is, ask Simon about Jamie McLaren, so I don't want to leave you too little time to talk about Jamie McLaren. Well, Jamie's just having another brilliant season. He's a goal scorer that's as regular as clockwork. He got another two at the weekend in the 3-2 win against Sydney FC. He doesn't always get hugely involved in games. He's just a goal poacher um, and always seems to be in the right place at the right time. And yeah, okay, he scores a, you know, a few penalties as well, but they still have to be converted. He's now on, I think, is it 137 or 138 goals? He's, he's only four short of Vessart Barisha, who is the all-time A-League leading goal scorer, uh, the all-time leading goal scorer of all time in, in the, the two... Uh, iterations of the National League, the National Soccer League and the A-League is Damian Mori, who has a 240. Now, he's still a long way behind that, but, you know, the way he's going, providing he stays in the A-League and doesn't fancy another bite at Europe, then, you know, you wouldn't put it past him becoming the top scorer of all time, which would be a heck of an achievement. Um, and clearly, you know, he plays for the Socceroos as well, and he's scored goals at international level, not quite the same regularity, that's understandable. It's, it's a more rarefied atmosphere at that level. But, uh, you know, in our domestic competition, he is certainly without peer at the moment. And I have no doubt that he'll, he'll move past Barisha's record probably in the next couple of weeks, to be honest, the way he's going. And uh, there's a review here, by the way, in the cricket. So uh, there is a chance that I think he's just fended it away with his chest. So there's no chance, I don't think, that he's out. Even though they've gone to the review, it was nowhere near his gloves. So it's still going to be eight for um, with nine runs left for England. Uh, they've just checked the review and he's fine, even though uh, I'm not sure that uh, Leach being exposed for two deliveries at the end of that over was the way to go by Ben Folks, but he's done it. Pretty well so far. Folks is 33 from 53. Lynch has, Leach has one more delivery to negotiate for this over with nine to win. Um, we've been celebrating women's sport a bit recently, Simon. Uh, it's been great what our Aussie cricket cricketers have been able to do. And I understand the Matildas are going to be playing in a big one at Melbourne Stadium. Yeah, they're going to play uh, France in uh, Melbourne, which is their final warm-up game before the Women's World Cup on home soil, of course. Uh, to come in the middle of the year. And it's, uh, you know, a marquee fixture, this one. Obviously, France are uh, a very, very good side. They are potential World Cup uh, challenges as well. Uh, and they're going through a bit of an interesting time off the field at the moment. Their uh, long-serving captain and one of the best central defenders in the world, Wendy Renard, uh, said a couple of weeks ago that she wasn't going to play for the national team anymore. And a couple more joined her. There's a few women's teams around the world who are going through these problems at the moment, they're not happy with the coach, Corinne Diacre. And the rumour is, is that Diacre is going to resign today mm. along with the president of the French Football Federation, Noel Legray. So if, if that happens, then maybe those players will be back, uh, not just for the Women's World Cup, but for this friendly as well. And um, even though that might not help the Matildas on paper, it's it's probably great for local fans because they get to see some of the best players in the world. So I would expect that to be a full house at Marvel Stadium and uh, 
to give the girls the best possible send-off, not that they're going anywhere, of course, uh, before they play you know, on home soil in the Women's World Cup. Simon, great to have you. What else is on the show tonight? Uh, we got a chat with uh, Nick Green, who is the new interim coach of Brisbane Raw, who got a, week, uh, a win at the weekend, uh, which is their first in some time. And we'll also speak to Sydney FC's Jack Rodwell, ahead of the Big Blue Sydney FC Melbourne Victory this weekend. And we've got all our regulars. Alicia Carnadas will be uh, running her eye across uh, the Matildas. Spencer Pryor on Man United's Carabao Cup win. And Paul Williams with Football Asia. So another busy show at 9 o'clock tonight. Well, here it all. Simon Hill, voice of football, host of the Global Game tonight from 9pm across the SEN network. Can't wait to have a chat to you next week, Simon. Always great to have you on.